It was a day that had been anticipated for months, with families, friends, and researchers positioning themselves in ideal spots for viewing the impending solar eclipse. Millions of protective glasses were distributed, with warnings about the dangers of looking at the celestial phenomenon unprotected. The day started ordinary enough, but as the moment approached, an electric charge seemed to pervade the air. The streets and parks filled with people craning their necks, eyes turned upwards. The world grew eerily quiet, the usual urban cacophony replaced by a hushed, sense of collective wonder. As the moon slowly inched its way across the sun, casting a shadow that danced over cities and forests alike, a brief twilight took hold of midday. Birds stopped chirping, sensing an unnatural night, while nocturnal animals, bewildered, emerged from their havens. The climax of the eclipse, the moment of totality, was mesmerizing. The sun's brilliant crown, its corona, radiated out from behind the dark moon, creating a spectral halo. For those brief minutes, the divisions and conflicts of the world seemed forgotten, replaced by a united awe. But when the moon began its passage out of the sun's path and daylight began its return, something was amiss. The collective awe shifted to collective confusion. Eyes that once sparkled with wonder now darted around in panic. The immediate aftermath was a chilling tableau of dazed expressions and disoriented movements. In bustling cities, cars went astray, swerving unpredictably as drivers lost their sense of direction. Multi-car pileups clogged major highways. Pedestrians meandered aimlessly, their faces contorted in distress. It wasn't just directions or plans for the day that had vanished, entire relationships did. Mothers reached out, trying to comfort crying children they didn't recognize. Couples stared at each other, their shared histories wiped clean. In the financial districts, CEOs stood frozen outside buildings that seemed vaguely familiar but unplaceable. Screens inside stock exchanges, which should have been flashing numbers, went dark. Global communications networks experienced unprecedented outages, further amplifying the chaos. News broadcasts, for those that could be aired, were filled with anchors struggling to articulate the unfolding situation, their scripts and prompters rendered meaningless. At hospitals, doctors who were in the middle of surgeries suddenly drew blanks, their hands pausing mid-procedure. Pilots in mid-flight wrestled with controls they could no longer intuitively understand. Across the globe, systems and routines that had been second nature were abruptly foreign, leading to catastrophic failures and emergencies. The world's order, the predictability of daily life, was undone in mere minutes. Amid the chaos, one sentiment became universally shared, a haunting feeling of loss, of an inexplicable void. An entire year's worth of memories, experiences, and knowledge had been inexplicably stolen, leaving humanity in turmoil. In the wake of the memory blackout, a world trying to recollect itself stumbled upon mysteries it hadn't noticed during the eclipse's awe. Rising above the usual cityscapes were new, alien edifices. Their designs were unlike any architecture known to man. These towers, spiraling hundreds of feet into the sky, were crafted from a material resembling obsidian, 
but with another worldly glow. When sunlight touched them, they shimmered, creating radiant patterns on nearby buildings and streets. These structures weren't just limited to one city or country, they dotted the globe. From New York to Tokyo, Johannesburg to London, these alien towers loomed. City dwellers, already grappling with personal amnesia, found their daily commutes filled with disconcerting detours around these new landmarks. Yet, it wasn't just the massive structures that seemed out of place. Everyday objects had undergone a transformation. Smartphones, computers, even household appliances, had their familiar interfaces replaced. Traditional icons, and applications vanished, substituted by an undecipherable alien script. Screens pulsated with vibrant colors and shifting symbols, seemingly alive and reactive. The world's top cryptographers and linguists were summoned, tasked with decoding this new script. The initial process was painstakingly slow. Every symbol was intricate, every gesture on the device evoking a multitude of responses. However, as days turned into weeks, breakthroughs emerged. The script, although foreign, seemed to have a logical structure. Patterns were identified, and translations began. The revelations were startling. The tech specs underpinning these devices were beyond anything humanity had achieved or even theorized. There was evidence of computational abilities that exceeded the world's combined supercomputers. These devices interfaced seamlessly with the human mind, suggesting advances in neural technology. Diving deeper into the vast ocean of data stored in these devices, researchers unearthed more revelations. There was extensive information on new methods in artificial intelligence, way ahead of the curve, suggesting cognitive abilities that mirrored sentient thought. Quantum computing theories, once just a fledgling field of study, now had practical applications detailed in these databases. And the most disconcerting of all, genetic modification methods that could reshape the very fabric of life. Footage stored in these devices displayed these extraterrestrial beings in action. Tall, ethereal, with fluid movements, they interacted with humans, their shimmering fingers manipulating machinery, and devices with effortless precision. Scenes from research labs showed them guiding human scientists, pushing boundaries of what was deemed possible. With each decoded bite, the world faced an inescapable conclusion, during the lost year, Earth hadn't just advanced, it had been transformed, guided by the hands of extraterrestrial masters. The obsidian towers, the advanced devices, the quantum leaps in science and technology, all were remnants of an alien influence, that had seamlessly integrated into Earth's fabric. Across the globe, research institutions, media houses, and intelligence agencies undertook a Herculean effort. Their mission, to piece together the puzzle of the lost year. If the newly discovered technologies were any indication, they believed the story was stored somewhere within these vast databases. Hidden deep in layers of encrypted data, they found video logs, daily records that chronicled Earth's interaction with its extraterrestrial guests. The footage was crisp, the resolution impeccable, as if recorded with technology superior to standard cameras. The initial clips were of a calm, 
starry night, but this tranquility was soon interrupted. From the inky blackness, the first signs of an impending change manifested. Brilliant streaks of light, like shooting stars, multiplied in number, converging into a dazzling display. The lights gradually took shape, revealing colossal ships, their design a blend of elegance and engineering marvel. These weren't the aggressive warships of popular fiction but graceful titans descending with purpose. There was no resistance, no global military retaliation. Instead, world leaders and representatives awaited their arrival. Upon landing, out came the beings of law. Tall and humanoid, with a beauty that was both entrancing and intimidating. Their skin, a transparent canvas, captured, and refracted light, giving them an otherworldly glow. These beings, with their long, nimble fingers, communicated not just verbally, but through intricate hand movements and gestures. Footage from inside these ships, showed vast chambers, laboratories, and meeting rooms. Human dignitaries, scientists, and thinkers were frequent visitors, engaging in what appeared to be collaborative projects. The ships weren't just vehicles, they were moving universities, research facilities, and technological hubs. Yet, for all the advancements and collaboration, it was the existence of the integration facilities that gripped humanity with a mix of horror and fascination. These facilities, situated both within the ships and in the Obsidian Towers, were a blend of medical theaters, and advanced tech labs. Humans entered voluntarily, lying on platforms where they were surrounded by an array of instruments. The aliens, with precision and care, performed alterations, sometimes physical, as limbs were enhanced or replaced, and sometimes mental, with neural interfaces being implanted. As more was revealed, it became apparent that the past year wasn't marked by forceful occupation. Instead, it had been a collaborative effort. Deals had been struck. In exchange for their knowledge and technology, humans offered integration, a merging of species and cultures. The extraterrestrials had seamlessly woven themselves into the very fabric of human society, shaping its destiny in ways both profound and terrifying. Beneath the urban sprawls and vast landscapes, a different narrative was unfurling. Miles below the surface, vast underground bunkers and tunnels became the heartbeat of the resistance. These were the last remnants of untouched humanity, those who had, by choice or circumstance, avoided the allure of extraterrestrial integration. The rebels comprised a diverse group, scientists, military personnel, historians, and ordinary citizens, all united by a singular purpose, to reclaim Earth. Away from the prying senses of alien artificial intelligence, they worked tirelessly, maintaining a record of events on physical paper, ensuring that if technology betrayed them, history wouldn't. They were the guardians of a time before the eclipse, keeping memories alive through oral stories and detailed chronicles. Elders recounted tales of the world as it was, ensuring that younger generations knew the history they were fighting for. Their arsenal was a blend of the old and new. Weapons from a time before the aliens sat alongside repurposed extraterrestrial tech. Engineers and mechanics retrofitted alien devices, 
converting them into tools for warfare. Stealth suits, energy weapons, and advanced communication gear became the mainstay of the rebel regiments. The initial skirmishes were calculated. Rebels targeted the obsidian towers, places of alien dominance, using guerrilla warfare to catch the extraterrestrials off guard. Explosions shattered the eerie calm of alien-controlled metropolises, as one by one, the towers began to fall. As the rebels struck, something miraculous occurred. With each tower's fall, a wave of awakening spread through the city's population. The artificial intelligence that bound many, making them subservient to the alien agenda, began to fracture. Humans, once docile, now began to remember, shaking off the chains of extraterrestrial influence. With every successful mission, the rebels' numbers swelled. Soldiers who had once guarded the obsidian towers now turned their weapons against them. Scientists, once collaborators, used their knowledge to sabotage the very projects they'd helped create. The tide was turning. Across continents, cities were being reclaimed. From the ruins of alien architecture rose the flags of nations and symbols of human resilience. The world began to echo with a unified battle cry, heralding a reconquest, signaling the dawn of a new era of humanity's tenacity. The battles raged, the skies burned, and the ground trembled, but humanity's spirit proved indomitable. Drawing on every resource, every piece of knowledge, and every ounce of determination, the rebels pressed on, driving the extraterrestrial invaders towards their last stronghold, the grandest of the Obsidian Towers, standing tall and imposing amidst a once thriving metropolis. This tower was not just a symbol of alien dominance, but also a hub for their operations. As the rebels approached, the air crackled with energy. Drones, advanced weaponry, and integrated humans defended it fiercely. But the rebels, with their unique blend of earthly grit and adapted alien technology, had momentum on their side. Strategies were devised, alliances within the city forged, and a multifaceted attack was launched. From the skies, the ground, and even underground tunnels, the resistance converged on the obsidian giant tower. Explosions lit up the night, energy beams crisscrossed the skies, and the roar of battle echoed through the streets. And then, in a final push, the tower's foundations were targeted. It groaned, teetered, and with a deafening crash, collapsed into a cloud of dust and debris. As the smoke cleared, the alien invaders, realizing the tide was irreversibly turned, signaled their massive ships. One by one, they ascended, retreating into the vastness of space from whence they came. Silence fell upon the world, a silence filled with relief, pride, and determination. The invaders had left behind a planet forever changed. The technology, the knowledge, the advancements, these were now in human hands, a legacy of a year lost and a battle won. But with these gains came a profound understanding. Humanity recognized, the dangers of unvetted alliances and the value of memory, history, and identity. As nations rebuilt, there was a collective commitment to remember, to learn, and to safeguard the future. 
a global council was established, drawing representatives from every corner of the world, tasked with ensuring such an event would never recur. New systems were put in place, protective measures against external influences, both technological and biological. The vast stores of knowledge left behind were harnessed, but with caution, always with an understanding of the costs of unchecked ambition. As time progressed, the scars of the invasion began to heal. Cities rose again, brighter and more resilient. Communities forged tighter bonds, and the world moved forward with a shared sense of purpose.